0: Break the whole concept down, or creative self-belief. So we're seeing, I'll mention it, you know, the metaverse, it was going to come in at some point. <laughs> where did you get your information from? When was your family in your community when you collected that data? As far as I can see, it came from one direction, one house. Hello and welcome to the Creative Tech Podcast, where we discuss how technology can help you to be more creative. This podcast is made by the National Centre for Creativity, enabled by AI, which is a bit of a mouthful, so we call it Seabay for short. It's presented by the director of Seabay, Professor Neil Maiden. Neil, who's in the studio today.
1: It's great to be reconnecting with Bumi Dorawaju. Bumi, recognised as one of the top 100 most influential black leaders in tech, is a Senior Business Development Manager in Microsoft's Artificial Intelligence and Intelligent Cloud Organisation. Boomi enthusiastically supports activities that address sustainable technology for good and diverse digital inclusion. And in recognition of her thought leadership, Boomi has recently been appointed co-chair of the Women at Microsoft UK board, where she leads and advocates for an employee community of over 1,000 women in the subsidiary. Bumi. Boomi! Good morning. How are you? Good morning, Neil. I am fantastic. Thank you. That's fantastic. Where are you today?
0: Northwest London. And I'm in a really sunny spot. So I've got a sunny smile on my face if they can't see it.
1: That's wonderful. So you can see sunshine pouring in out of the window. What is the view I out there? Get
0: sunshine and there's a beautiful cherry blossom tea tree right in front of me.
1: Oh, lovely. So I guess you're pretty busy at the moment. What kind of projects are you up to?
0: Yeah, on my desk, yeah, I've got some great stuff that I'm looking at at the moment. I've got a few projects on the agri-tech space. I'm looking mm-hmm. at some electric vehicles, sort of like charging point type technologies and platform work there. So that's exciting. A few sort of cloud space projects. So that's great. And also looking at some content distribution type partnerships too. Um, so lots going on. And my inbox is also filled with some of the work that I do for the women at Microsoft, as you mentioned mm-hmm. earlier.
1: It sounds like a real diversity of applications you work on.
0: Completely. <laughs> Completely. Actually, it's more like, I want to do this, this, bit, That <laughs> stuff is great. <laughs> and uh, having been privileged enough to yeah. be able to, um, you know, some exciting stuff in my inbox.
1: Fantastic. Well, we've talked about diversity, and I know that you're a passionate advocate of elevating diverse voices. So I thought we might talk a little bit about self-belief. Creative self-belief is a central plank of our emerging new services at Seabay. Our tools only go so far in the creative process, and if humans are really going to exploit the benefits of AI and technologies, then they need to have a degree of creative self-belief. And more often than not, we discover that our professional users lack that belief. So in your work at Microsoft and elsewhere, have you perceived that this creative self-belief, or perhaps the lack of it, is a player in new technologies and ways
0: of thinking? Yeah, I think it is really interesting. We've got to break the whole concept down of of creative self-belief. And sometimes people don't realize that they're doing it already, depending on how we're defining it. So in my mind, when I'm talking about creativity Mm -hmm.
1: first,
0: Mm -hmm. my definition, so this is the world according to B, that really is starting from the premise that there must be a better way. Simple as that. Like, is there a better way for anything that we're doing? Is there a better way in banking from a technology perspective? Yes, the challenge of banks. Is there a better way in improving our workforces? Yes. Who is our workforce? What do they look like? Is there a better way in our education system? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Is there a better way of getting water from X place over to a rural village that hasn't got it without power? Mm -hmm. Must be a better way. And that, for me, is the first premise of this creativity. And I Mm -hmm. think actually, if you talk about it in those terms because I think sometimes when we say creativity it kind of flummoxes everybody's like well, why are we doing Richard? <laughs> is this art? And all the rest. Yeah, yeah. Especially if you're talking within the innovation space right it, there, there were these fantastic buzzwords and we have to mm. make sure it's not a misunderstood buzzword and what we're trying to get out of it mm. and then we get to like that self-belief piece is that First of all, identifying is there a better way, and then believing that you're going to be part of finding that, and you are absolutely enabled and empowered to be able to find that better way. Mm. And once you're just like, yeah, it's me, I'm either the victim of the problem that I've identified. Mm -hmm. And just because I'm a victim does not mean I can't be the solver or the solution provider. In fact, it makes me the best person to be mm. the solution provider. But that takes a moment, doesn't it? Because you're just mm-hmm. like, ah, the water's not coming. <laughs> My plants are dead. Somebody help me here. Instead of like, how am I going to help myself? How am I going to do this? The education system, its this is not working for me. What am I going to do? I am not in a good space. There must be a better way. And then having to like dig in and just say, actually... You believe that you're going to be this problem solver. Now we've got some great power. We've got some mm-hmm. action here.
1: Mm-hmm. So, so do you think? It. Do you think creativity is a problem word? Going back to what you said a couple of minutes ago, I mean, I've seen other words such as possibilities being used instead of creativity, partly because of that over association with the arts. Is, should we should we ban the word? Neil. And you, if
0: I if we brand the word, people are going to come after me in this whole this whole podcast. People will come after me, well, and unless yeah. to me, as you will probably know and um, hear from my communities, I am the word banner. I brand all day long, okay. <laughs> no. but I'm also like, I'm real like, ah, come on, let's not, let's not worry about this. Let's not yeah, worry yeah. about the the uh, <clears throat> the names. But there are some names. Some labels that, whether you like it or not, take you down a road mm. it 's not the road that we meet okay mm. i I love the fact that there's a freedom around that word mm. being creative, everything has to be in line, I feel for that creative label to have the full power, right mm-hmm. so if you allow me to be fully creative and I can wake up at my hair's blue and, you know, and I'm playing music and all of a sudden it's like a lovely bit of innovation and bring it on. You know, you're just giving me that freedom. Mm -hmm. However, what we're actually doing is we're using that and we put it in some, actually some rigid frameworks. Mm -hmm. So the rigid framework sometime of business, the rigid framework of leadership, which is why we're constantly trying to get leaders, be more creative, be more creative, but actually the leadership channel can sometimes be quite a rigid place, which is why there's this tension. Mm -hmm. So I think let's understand what that word means. Mm -hmm. Are there other ways of Mm -hmm. talking about it? Which is like, I would say, not only there must be a better way, there is a better way. That's Mm -hmm. your creative piece. Mm -hmm. There is a better way. Mm -hmm. And you're able to do it. And now see what happens.
1: So do you think there's an issue with giving people permission? People don't perceive that they have the permission to be creative. They lack the self-belief because they're constrained by the fact that they're a leader and they're supposed to behave in a certain way, or they're an academic. Is that part of the self-belief? It's not from inside, it's because of the constraints from outside?
0: I think it's both, right? If you manage Hmm. to get to this point by toeing the line, right or <laughs> doing things the way you're supposed to do it i went to school mm-hmm. and i got really good grades blah, 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 and all mm-hmm. the rest of it that's all you know however i gave a talk at a sixth form college i was on a panel and then um, there was me you know lady lady in tech this amazing gentleman engineer from lewis hamilton's camp beautiful mm-hmm. girl KPMG, you know doing stuff in finance another gentleman kpmg And each one of them were there to inspire, you know, about 200, six forms lows there. And each one of them had this kind of creative energy about them. When you work back their story, nobody had turned the line to get to where they were. Hustle the money. They had to hustle to get into certain places for the training. They had to find the better way. They had to find the other way to solve for themselves and each one of them had got to where they needed to go they are already going to be creative leaders because their journey was one and it's that whole thing about like out of i'm not even gonna say adversity out of just like you're not fitting into this standard place Uh you've decided you still need to achieve and then you're just like man i'm gonna make this work
1: somehow
0: i don't know how so i'm Mm -hmm. gonna start solving Uh So if that starts, let's talk about education, if that starts Uh as early as possible, and we've seen that experimented in younger children, we've seen that experimented in ways that we are trying to teach our children now at school, it's not by rote anymore, it's just like, Uh this is a problem, sort it out. Uh
1: You stripped it back then, ultimately. You've come down to, you're arguing in part that the problem is with the education systems that people are discouraged from, I hate the cliche, but out-of-the-box thinking, doing things differently, it doesn't get recognised in the exam-based system, etc. So, you know, the kinds of people you were on the panel with last week are going to be the exceptions rather than the rules by definition. So, is the solution to go right back to primary
0: education again in the UK?
1: At least let's talk about the UK for now.
0: Yeah, yeah, you know, I've got a daughter in primary education at the moment, and I I see they're trying, Mm -hmm. and I think that the education piece needs to happen from the village, right? It's not only going to happen within this kind of, like, microcosm of, Mm. you know, like the 28 to 30 number of children in a class and what have Mm -hmm. you. I see them trying, but everybody needs to be part of this. I also see... And, and have to acknowledge that there's only so much of this kind of creativity that you can do within the constraints of a system. And I also, I suppose, don't want to talk about something I can't kind of fix tomorrow.
1: Yeah, that's true.
0: So how now, right now, can I make sure my nine-year-old is doing what she needs to do, plus have this creative moment? Mm-hmm. And I'll tell you another story. I've got several children, and I was talking to my it's the 23- and a 21-year-old yesterday. And they were talking to me um, about the things I did with them and whether I should still be doing it with the nine-year-old, which is great. I've got fantastic <laughs> perspectives as a parent and now. They're like, yeah, mum, you messed up on that piece. Let's not do that this time around. And they're like, but they were actually praising me for once. And they were actually saying they said, mum, there's something that you did with us, which was ensure that we were able to operate in social environments hmm. and be socially adept. And I thought, really? And they said, yeah. And they literally said, through your insistence of us doing sport, through your insistence of us being part of and acknowledging and having responsibility for a large family, which mm-hmm. we have. And they were saying that now they're at university and graduate from university, They've really seen a wealth of people that were just like not socially able to sort of problem solve, even in a social environment, because Mm -hmm. there weren't these other things that were being plugged in. Now, I deliberately plugged some of that stuff in because, from a cultural Mm -hmm. perspective, Mm -hmm. I was like, when I take you to auntie, you better know how to operate in your auntie's house. When I take you to grandma, (laughs) know how to operate in your grandma's house. I've got to teach you all of these ways. I was layering on. The education yeah, yeah. and it's a responsibility for everybody to do that mm. it feels like i've gone on a tangent but it ooh. no it's fascinating don't worry no i think
1: these are all enablers for people to have creative self-belief so i think it's it's spot on and
0: that's the, exactly like they now say that they move with a certain self-belief even when sometimes that self-belief can be knocked and buffered you know they mm. have be the university but they're just, no, no 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 from what i've learned mm. i am able to process all of that myself um, and trust and trust mm. i want to take you back uh, also
1: to something you said earlier you use the word victim when talking about problems or things that need improving i'm curious about the word victim and why these are the people is it because they have the motivation to solve it it's because they have the know-how they have the experience why are they the people rather than bringing in some external problem solvers to fix the water problem in a particular part of the world. What's driving yeah.
0: that? It's interesting. Before I use the word victim, I thought, do I want to use that word victim? Because I really don't like using that word. I think it's telling. It's it's interesting for the listeners. I, I'm, quite, I'm glad you yes. did. Yes. So let, let's let think about that word. And I, I, the answer is probably obvious, right? You are the person in a situation where something around you isn't working right. And, you, you know, in my air band days, it was often said that the people who are going to solve the world hunger and food crisis are people in emerging markets. Industries, companies, they've known this for years, that unless they plug into the environments, the countries, the communities that are actually hungry, they're not going to really find out what is innovative thinking. Mm. They're not going to know, because the person who is innovating is the one who's got to wake up in the morning and work out how they're going to get that water, Mm. how are they going to, get that shelter? How are they going to get all of that basic stuff? That's why we do have the corporations out in these markets do these partnerships because that's, that's where you're going to find it. Imagine if in, again, we talk about the rural areas, but it's, it's not, you know, it's not just that. But let's say the people in the rural areas, if they were just like, do you know how powerful I am in working out that I need to have this irrigation system that is powered by solar. If I can somehow get somebody to help me or do it myself, I'm actually such a powerful human being. I'm not mm. just a human being who's a victim. So let's go mm-hmm. back to that language. Yeah, that sure, sure. I'm actually a power broker. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm like an innovator. I'm, I'm just amazing. So imagine if you started from that premise and how powerful that is. I mm. think we're seeing a ownership of the ability In such a powerful way, because you have to get it done. And that is why we hear it's the women who are the entrepreneurs in certain places. Uh Because you're sitting there looking at your kids. I'm going to feed them. How am Uh I going to feed these children? I need to go. I need to get a microloan. I get Uh a microloan. Then I'm going to buy five bananas. I'm going to sell five bananas. I'm going to make a little bit of money. I'm going to go and buy food for the kids tomorrow. I'm going to go back and get another microphone mm. You've woke up being an entrepreneur already because you need to fix. Mm.
1: It, it makes me wonder, because you've you've got this breadth of experience and knowledge, yeah. um, whether the need to create and innovate through the examples you've just given in emerging markets is greater. And therefore, people have greater self-belief. I mean, this is a very general statement and I apologise for it. But is there something different compared to what we see in UK or Europe or in
0: I, terms I of love approach. that question. I love that question. I'm laughing because I, <laughs> I bought T-shirts about being Nigerian because <laughs> we got a reputation. In terms of being real drivers and entrepreneurs, there's this thing about every Nigerian had like five businesses. <laughs> fear, there's always yeah. something we're doing. Yeah. Which is really Visual. important, right? Because... It's to your point, Neil. But no Nigerian literally is going to wake up go, "Oh, should I start that business? Am I, am I equipped to do it?" blah, blah blah." No. We wake up. What we did? We're going to start a business. Mm-hmm. Who do we need to speak to? I love that. We don't have to question whether we are intelligent enough. We don't have to question, did we get the right education? Did we go into business school? Did we get that MBA mm-hmm. before we started to sell something? My, mm-hmm. my grandma. She used to buy plates wholesale and sell them in the market. I don't know where she got these plates from. She would hmm. sell them and she'd buy it and she'd sell and she'd buy it and she'd sell. She actually had more money, say, than most people because she was doing this business. Yeah. She ended up lending money to people who also needed to buy and sell, buy and sell. Need I say that she became a little micro bank? Yeah, yeah. And a money lender, and she helped finance the people around her. Mm. And it all came from her buying and selling, and then, you know, letting people have some money, getting it back, and what have you, buying and selling something else. And so there there wasn't this, like, oh, I'm not sure, you know, should I do this? And so you're right. Maybe that self-belief was just there, Neil.
1: Yeah, it could be. It's a cultural thing or it's a need thing. What I'm picking up from the discussion, I just made some notes around the themes enabling self-belief. It's around motivation. It's about upbringing, as you've talked about with your children. It's about being powerful and being prepared to be a power broker. It's about need and it's about culture. And all of these are drivers in having that self-belief. And it gives us quite a large agenda to try and resolve the issue of self belief that we observe in
0: the future. If you imagine all of those things that you just listed there, what is your culture? What is your family, mm. even if it's in your tech family? Where were you getting your inputs from? Mm. Right? Mm-hmm. So let's talk about AI. Where did you get your information from? When was your family in your community when you collected that data and you mm. built that algorithm? And the model around that algorithm. Mm-hmm. Well, as far as I can see, it came from one direction, one house.
1: <laughs> yep,
0: that's true. You want to expand your product. What family do you want that product to go to? When you're sitting there and you're a leader, who's your family? Look around you. When you have that meeting, who's giving you all of those inputs we talked about? Mm-hmm. And it's just like, mm-hmm. if it's coming from one place, I don't need data. I don't need numbers. To tell me that there's a bigger thing at play here and there's more we need to add to it. So let's use banking as an example because that's the place that's just, it's mm-hmm. starting to be fixed. Can I just get my card when I get my card? Can I look at my phone and see what's happening and make my transaction and keep it moving? I'm your new family. I'm your new community. I'm the one that is getting that information from mm-hmm. and thinking about what the better way is because there must be a better way there is another way Mm -hmm. bringing it back to all of these really interesting sort of tech enabling abilities it's fascinating but with that same list neil that same Mm -hmm. list Mm -hmm. that we Mm -hmm. talked about from a rural
1: perspective exactly so let's talk about this theme of uh, a better way an outcome of of creative thinking in our center we are developing all kinds of new digital technologies to augment individual and group creative thinking but often more often than I would like we get challenged with why you're doing this why do we need to be more creative why does there have to be a better way so in your work at Microsoft what do you perceive as the values of creative thinking of doing things better is it so obvious we shouldn't be asking this
0: (laughs) I think think maybe I mean so so I'm going to back at you Neil when you are being challenged about why the people that are saying why do they already feel that they're operating in a way that's optimum?
1: i would say more often than not no
0: so they already are aware that there's a better way they
1: may assume there might be better ways There may be better ways. Since you're pushing it back on me, I I think one of the challenges that we have is, back to the the creativity word, it's quite a hard sell. And often we have to look for the advantages beyond creativity, such as productivity, such as efficiency, such as growth. And it's really sort of teasing out, how do you motivate people to do things in better
0: ways? Yeah, yeah. It's hard, isn't it? Because you have to start by saying, well, the way that you're doing needs fixing. Hmm. Or, or the impact of what you are doing can be so much better received in such a broader mm. audience in such a broader way that why wouldn't we sit back and think about mm-hmm. another approach? And again, I do think it goes back to like maybe it's because we're calling it creativity, there's just not that mm-hmm. neuro, there's just not that network connection. I think we just need to. Uh connect it agreed but it goes back to do you want to be a broad wide thinking person and your product be a broad and wide impacting product and it may Uh not be but it's good to ask the question it might be just like no actually i'm niche this is a niche idea this has this niche application i don't need to be looking anywhere or thinking another way that's fine. Let's have that conversation. Exactly. I think it's moving around it. I think there might be this difficult piece because it starts from a challenge, right? Mm-hmm. It starts from saying, well, yeah, there has to be a better way because I just know that there's more to it. There's more mm-hmm. to this.
1: So where do you think the best place to start looking in for the most valuable ways to improve things? Is it in the traditional business sectors? Is it in emerging markets? Is it everywhere? I mean, we've only got finite resources, no matter how much we we might be frustrated by that. So where's the best place to really start looking for greater creative value, I
0: suppose? Sure. Around you. (laughs) <laughs> and what I say around you, around each individual
1: sphere of influence, okay, right? Okay. No, that's a fair point. Fair point. I see what you mean.
0: The traditional business thing is is interesting. Just a, a few words on that. Number one, like what are we defining as traditional business, banking, finance, mm-hmm. and what have you? They're great places to start. You know, how are we going to get documents in a way that's easily accessible? We can get this kind of like automated mm-hmm. The challenge can sometimes be you don't have the right thinkers in the room to really push, right? So we're seeing, I'll mention it, you know, the metaverse, it was going to come in at some point. (laughs) But, you know, the application of that, which has excited people the most, is like the retail industry and how... We can sell to some of it doesn't exist. In fact, you don't even exist in the Metaverse because it's your avatar that's now buying those traders. It's really a very kind of interesting place to be. There will be a back push on that as well. But again, course, a traditional industry that has just said, okay, how we sell differently. And from that, then sometimes you get a whole brand new offshoot that's new.
1: Mm -hmm. What about rural communities and spaces in which what's traditionally been called frugal innovation can take place? Do do we see real potential value for creativity in doing things differently, doing
0: things better? Oh, definitely. And I think we sort of covered that as well. Not just value, Mm -hmm. but need. The issue there is resources and the correct resources to enable an idea. Yeah, the the resources to enable So that's where we get partnerships and what have you. But then once we've done that and we've created this amazing thing, who's benefiting from it, right? I do believe that these little communities are hotbeds of innovation, Hmm. but are they benefiting from the um, innovation that they may have seeded? That's interesting. So that's a, a whole new thing because if there was this kind of circular financial benefit, then actually, in the end, the idea should be you do have the resources, you do have the money at the end Hmm. because it's another generation to do that stuff yourself. You don't have to always partner out.
1: Very nice. I also want to ask about the role of AI in this and how it can be exploited. I mean, we're the centre for creativity and AI. So do you see a role for how AI could be deployed either directly or indirectly to facilitate doing
0: things better? Yeah, I mean, you know, like we we go to the one oh one and AI can you just do stuff that a human would take hours to do and you just can you just do that please, AI? Sure. Once you get over the fear of what AI is gonna do, understanding the power of being given time uh-huh. to move into this creative moment, okay? Because I am not here now being counting because I am not just sifting paper or looking at this data, what am I now able to do? Mm-hmm. And I think from that perspective, yeah, AI, is it, it's great in that way. But do you think enough people understand that value
1: of AI, that it can raise up the level of work away from the
0: mundane? Because people say that, but it's, I don't think it goes in enough. Yeah. And, and I just thought, should I be saying this still? Because I'm sure everybody gets it now. And I have to hold me back myself back and just go, no, that's right. So this is my bubble, my family. Yeah. So obviously I'm going to know it and say it. I truly have to understand. Not everybody gets that. But there's also a level of, this is back to that creative self-belief that you've given me time to solve another problem. Mm-hmm. You haven't given me time and just taken something away from me. You've given me something whether it's time, you've probably even given me a, a, a resource in the cloud capability, the ability to use algorithms in a certain way so mm. I can move through my creative process really quickly. And yeah. I think what would help is that if we continue to find examples of where the AI has improved creativity, there must be a better way piece, mm. and where it has improved and helped. And also moved us into a new place. So we, we talked about the metaverse, right? Mm-hmm, there's not mm-hmm. there's, there's no metaverse of that AI, and vice versa. Yeah, yeah, it's true. Like, if you're going to become a consumer of it, which you're going to be, <laughs> which you're going to be, look behind that mm. and what that's all about.
1: Mm. I love that theme of AI giving us more time and other kinds of resource in which to be creative. I don't think that theme is brought out enough. There's still this fear of automation, job losses around the very lazy journalism that you read sometimes around that. I also wanted to ask around a theme that we've been circling around, that of diversity, diversity of ideas, of views, of voices, of perspectives, of cultures. Where do you stand on more diverse voices and perspectives in the workplace as a possible enabler for creativity as well as other beneficial outcomes?
0: Standard, yes. Out there, we've got the data to prove it, the statistics to prove it, there's, you know, word clouds to prove it as well. Where we should shine a bit of a light on is that... Why wouldn't you want to? And it goes back to your great list. I'm going to get there. Why wouldn't you want to make sure you've got as many data points and touch Mm -hmm. points before you're making certain decisions, before you're doing Mm -hmm. certain things? Like, why do you feel you are creating Mm -hmm. the best product, creating the best work environment, creating the best solution without ensuring that you've done your work and your market research. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's just say that the market research. Uh-huh. So you cannot tell me that your great AI facial recognition thing is, woo, it's great. Let's all go buy it and all the rest of it when you've only got like half the population's data yeah, in your sure. facial re- Don't talk to me about that because if there was another solution and I probed you, if I probed you on your business plan, if I probed you on your project plan and you didn't cover of certain data points we would still be on the paper
1: uh-huh.
0: if you apply that to everything basic standard business innovation product management product development education solutions and what have you basic everyday market research and what have you mm-hmm. it all points to a broad diverse yeah, exactly. set of people and inputs and ideas is coming into right, exactly. that
1: exactly so at the risk of playing devil's advocate some people will say well we haven't got the resources we haven't got the data to reach out to all these markets so is there a need for us just to have more diverse data data about diverse populations and needs is that something that we have failed in as a sector to provide to businesses so far or is the problem somewhere
0: else who are the we who's you know who are the mm, we who failed to provide what and I'm a great advocate in terms of if you ask and you are showing enough of a need for something, you will get up and go out and you're go and find it, right? Mm-hmm. So it goes both ways as yeah, well. This is like, point. have you really dug into it? Like, um, I don't want to hear that, oh, you know, we've really tried to find new people in our work organisations and what have you. It's like, oh, what did you do? Did you speak to the same Employment agency that you've been speaking to for five years? Uh, uh-huh. Or did you do anything differently? Did you go one step into the universities this time? And when you went into the universities, which universities did you go to? Uh, and we talked about this need that you identify and then you find the solution. Uh-huh. And the solution can be left field, sometimes it's not right in front of you. Yeah. And in terms of resources, do people really sit back and crunch the numbers? It's going to be just so much harder for us to go and get all of this information. What harder for you than you creating a product that not everybody's going to use yeah, and you, exactly. have to, well, and you yeah. apply to half the population?
1: So we need to be more creative about our processes, not just Absolutely. go to the same five universities. You need to get people thinking creatively almost every day about the way they go about their business, not just about the product or the outcome itself.
0: Yes, and I've seen you know this whole hiring retention type things. So I'm very much in that conversation, especially if I work from a women's uh, gender perspective and underrepresented. Groups. Uh-huh. So there's a you know fascinating conversation about oh, okay, are we are we managing to hire as diverse as possible? Are you managing to retain as diverse as possible? Uh-huh. Very recently we've seen some big movements in just like oh now you all get it. <laughs> okay, we've seen some. Big movements in terms of people finding someone it's who's absolutely fits in terms of again this diverse thinking, education and what have you, and grabbed and nurtured and brought in and put within a certain program or put within and an, an financially compensated so that they stay, we've seen it now. People no one's doing any favors for anybody at the moment. It's yeah, like if course. you want yeah. this, you can go and get it, but you have to do it. You're gonna do it differently. And I've seen some people not doing those programs and still twiddling their thumbs and looking out the window and just thinking, well, mm. things are very hard.
1: Mm. <laughs> it should be obvious to people, but it's surprising how people just do the same thing again. And again, and again, and again, and and again. you get a different outcome. And that's
0: the easy piece, right? So, that's yeah, the yeah. privilege piece. It's easy for you to just keep spinning, keep going to the same person, mm. keep going to the same speaker, keep going to the same agency, keep mm. going, and then saying that they're not delivering. And right, I mean, mm. that's, that's absolutely easy. And that's where you're just doing this as a tick box. That's where I would always probe. So, exactly. that it comes to intention, right? Do you really want to change it?
1: Exactly. You can hide behind and it, process and norm. You mentioned earlier the Women at Microsoft UK board. Has that got a, a role in changing the way in which we work in order to enhance diversity? Are there examples you might be able to share with us?
0: But I've been on the board for about four years. I started as a leader of the underrepresented group section and then I started looking after the community as a community leader. It's what we call our ERG, so our Employee Resource Group, and it okay. sits alongside mm-hmm. the business. and We're just mm-hmm. like, look after each other, do what you need to do as a community. So again, I keep referring to your lovely list. Back to that piece, like that's your family. And, and we have six resource groups. So we've got a women's one. We've got a glean one. We've mm-hmm. got one that represents ethnic, what's called embraced. We have military. We've got families as well. Like wow. that's your family. That's your community. Do you listen? Have we got challenges? Have we got celebrations? And you provide events and what have you? Just really feed and nurture that. Most recently now i become co-chair of it, which I'm really proud of. And, and from that perspective, everything we're talking about is totally applicable. From the perspective of, we know from the tech industry, we need more women in tech. We've known that mm-hmm. for a long time. We need to retain our amazing women in tech. We need to get them thrive and we need to let them grow and we need to get them every level from top to bottom all the way to early in careers and there's work to do everywhere there of
1: course. and
0: there's work to do from the business side and we're fully and wonderfully supported by the business but there's also work to do in hearing moving around the community is there, is there a confidence thing is there a, a voice thing are you finding your boundaries are you finding it difficult to have conversations and then bringing in resources to help with that mm-hmm. is it a case you need some motivation you need some inspiration mm-hmm. and we can't find somebody to come and speak to us that will like, really like pick us up is it a case of like creating programs that may seem indirectly applicable but we know that it's helping you so i mentioned to you earlier one of one thing we're doing at the moment is getting some self-defense three-hour sessions And that was, again, I was thinking creatively. We had some conversations about some of the gender-based violence that had been going on. It was very triggering for the community. We had listening sessions. Then we had some understand your boundaries situations. That was great. This was all in addition to coming out after COVID, so Some people feeling a little bit more anxious than others as well. Uh 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 And so we kind of sat there and we're just like, what do you actually need? Sometimes you need something to make you feel stronger and more powerful. And we almost like, from a very physical perspective, actually physically, if 15 of us were all in the room and we worked out with a professional how to physically move ourselves out of danger, not that we would all become superheroes, but... The fact that we then would move out the door the next day to say, actually, if I did hear footsteps behind me, I would turn to the left. I would do that. I would be able to do that. That just mental self-belief, the power, everything we've talked about Mm. would hopefully help you not just to get out the door, but in the way you're carrying yourself for the rest of the day, the way you are defending yourself in a meeting. If you think about this, where you would normally have someone speak over you. The fact that you had just gone through this physical program of defending yourself, why wouldn't you speak up to "That no, Sorry, mm. can I just finish my point? Mm-hmm. Do you mind if I can just admire you? Why wouldn't you do that after you physically put yourself through it? So yeah. that was us, again, trying to be creative about things that have come out mm-hmm. of an adverse situation, but then plugging it into a day-to-day uh-huh. operation in a very large corporation.
1: It's fascinating because you've taken these ideas and you've been creative in informing and building these communities and then you relate the, the theme of creative self-belief through to this sort of more fundamental confidence and belief you have in yourselves. And we shouldn't separate the two. And that's a fascinating insight for me that I I never explicitly made before, but maybe I should have. So thank you. You just did me. I did. Thank you very much. Boom. Thank you. Send your bill to my accountant. <laughs> So, I, I just want to wrap this fascinating discussion up with you, Bumi, with uh, what we've always tended to do at this point in our podcast. And, and that's ask you um, three simple questions about creativity. At Seabay, we build technology to support creative problem solving with tools you can use every day. More ideas, more often creativity on demand, if you like. So let me test your creativity on demand with three questions for you to answer. The first question is, what is the single most important thing you need in order to be creative? I suspect we might have answered this, but have a go. It's short answers.
0: Actually, I think I did mention it. We need time. (laughs) Exactly, exactly. Can somebody do the time machine? I've seen it on various films. I just do not know why it has not happened right now. We just need time. And I think we can get that by not sweating things we shouldn't sweat about. Mm -hmm.
1: So the second question is, if you could create any new tech or app that could do anything, real or imaginary, what would it be?
0: My time machine.
1: Inevitably. (laughs) And third question, if you could remove one thing from the world to make people more creative, what would that be? I can't cope with this. This is (laughs) hard.
0: on everything (laughs) I've (laughs) said about creative self-belief i'm sweating here i'm like i'm just getting hot that's because i'm about to be the most contradictory person in the world we need to take away the mobile phone but there's a mess because if you take away the mobile phone i can't have my challenger banking app so oh, it's but okay i know what you we're could have do. the
1: app on a small personal device that's only I used for app you could oh, sort thank of, you, you know that's, that's yeah, yeah, for, yeah, exactly
0: I? See, look, look, we're solving already. Exactly. And I would also, that you know, the whole mobile phone and yeah, thing. Yeah. I'm going to put it underneath like this whole licensing law. Nobody at me. I'm ready to have another conversation about this. Only certain ages can have it. The only certain <sighs> amount, like, re-regulated. I know I'm not popular, right?
1: Cause, Hallelujah. I'm, I'm I with you on well this one. I have
0: contradicted um... everything I've said for the past 40 minutes, but I'm feeling this. Everybody go back to books and papers just for a little while. That's
1: good good idea i like it
0: okay mobile phone for the younger generation is too much too soon too much access too soon they need to build maturity first before they get all of this input coming in
1: thank you Bumi. teenagers can write to us at center for eight.
0: Ooh,
1: <laughs> Just kidding, one out there. so Bumi, this has been fascinating thank you very much for your time it's really appreciated what's next for you
0: I'm doing some great planning for next year with a, a women at Microsoft piece as well. Mm-hmm. I've got a fantastic global team. I've got some kind of interesting stuff going on in the automotive space. So I'm just going to just gently crack on with all of that.
1: Sounds wonderful. So if any of our listeners want to find out more about you and your work,
0: where's the best place to go? Find me on LinkedIn. Absolutely. Thank
1: you very much for taking the time to talk to us today.
0: You are very welcome. I'm honoured. It was such a treat. Thank you, Rumi. And thanks to our listeners
1: for listening to the Creative Tech Podcast from Seabay. Check the show notes for links and any other stuff we've talked about today. And please take time to like the podcast and leave a review. It really does make a difference. You can follow us on Twitter at Center, that's C-E-B-A-I-Center, or on LinkedIn, Creativity Enabled by AI.